Well, good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Pastor Aaron, and a joy to welcome you here to First United Methodist Church. Uh, today is January 6th, uh, and traditionally throughout the church year, or throughout the years, that has been celebrated as Epiphany Sunday or Epiphany Day, which is the day we remember the wise men who came to worship Jesus. And that's why we've come today, so that we could join them uh, in worship. And so our scripture lesson this morning comes uh, from Matthew chapter 2, that story of the wise men. And so here's the scripture for today. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the reign of King Herod, a magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. Well, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least uh, among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped at the, over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Uh, God's word for his people today. Friends, this being the first Sunday of the month, as well as the first Sunday of the new year, uh, we have a new memory verse to work on. Uh, it's from 1 John chapter 1, uh, verse 7. Uh, and I would invite you to stand and say it. It's printed in your bulletin and the cover or up here on the screen. But let's say this uh, verse together. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his Son purifies us from all sin. 1 John 1.7. Now will you pray with me? Father, we would ask that as we prepare our hearts to come to the communion table, that we would be reminded that the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. And that's just one reason we have to worship. And as we look at the story of the wise men and their worship, we pray that you would stir something in us that would want to come and worship. And so, Holy Spirit, we welcome you uh, in this place today. Come. Minister to your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you may be seated. Well, friends, today, a new chapter in the life of First United Methodist Church begins. I don't know if you felt it when you came in, but there's an excitement in the air. 
Uh, and I'm excited about what God is going to do uh, in this year and beyond. But I want you to know the changes uh, that we are taking place in our worship times and, and, and the way that we worship, it's not arbitrary. Friends, it flows out of what could be called the DNA of our church. And in the same way, in your body, your DNA, that molecule is what makes you unique. So there are certain things that make First United Methodist Church unique and unlike any other church in the world. You know, we have four things that, that make us unique, and the first one is our vision. You know, we believe that we exist to love God and all people for the transformation of the world. That's why we're here. And in order to make that vision come a reality, we have a church prayer that no other church anywhere in the world prays. We pray this every week. I pray it every single day, and I trust that some of you are continuing to pray this every single day. In fact, will you join me in praying our church prayer? Father, unleash the power of the Holy Spirit to bring spiritual breakthrough in my life, in our church family, and in our community. Fill us with humility, unity, and passion. Let your kingdom come and your will be done. And may the name of Jesus be held in high honor in all that we say and do. Amen. And friends, for that prayer to come about, for God's will to be done on earth, when the Spirit is unleashed, uh, it doesn't mean that God does everything, but he calls us to be active. And that's why another part of our DNA is our four key strategies to engage, connect, equip, and send. That we are a church that believes that we need to engage with people outside of the church, those who don't yet know Jesus. And then once they discover that good news, we connect them with the church and with one another as well as connecting them with God. And then we equip people uh, to grow in their faith uh, to, so that they can mature as a person in Christ. And then finally, uh, our DNA is to send people out, whether it's in, to go to the prisons, whether it's to go to the mission field, whether it's to go somewhere else, but to share the good news that God has given. And then underneath all of that, the last piece of our DNA, the one we want to focus on this month, are our four core values. Everything that we do as a church, we want to revolve and flow out of these four values, that we glorify God. That's the value where everything else hinges upon. We are here today because like the wise men, we have discovered a God who is worthy of worship. That's what it means to glorify you know, the word glorify means to exalt or to adore, to elevate, to venerate. It means to worship. And then our second value, we believe that we love people. We believe that every person is valuable to God, no matter who they are, no matter where they've been, every person is valuable. That's why here at First United Methodist Church, everyone is welcome. The doors are open to all. And then our third value is we embrace transformation. 
You know, that's why we changed our, our worship schedule so that we could have a, a set hour uh, of Sunday school so that you could come and grow in your faith and be transformed. And we believe that every person uh, can be transformed to be like Jesus. And all of us are in the process of transformation. And then our fourth core value is that we walk together, that no one should ever feel like they're walking alone uh, in the church. Now this morning, we want to use the backdrop of the story of the Magi to talk about we glorify God or that we value worship. And we want to look at two simple questions. Why do we as a church value worship? And then how do we value worship? Now, when we consider the wise men, uh, they followed the star because they believed what they would find or who they would find was worthy of worship. In fact, that's why they took the journey. That's what it was all about. It says there in the text, we have come to worship him. That was their set purpose. They weren't on some diplomatic mission to greet a new king. You know, they weren't uh, uh, just following their curiosity about this star. They had come for no other reason than to worship. And friends, that's where we are. We come today because we want to worship, don't we? You know, and we come to worship because as we state there on our key value, God is worthy of our worship and adoration. God is worthy of our worship. That's why I'm here today. Because God is worthy of worship. You know, for the, for the Magi, or, or T.D. Jakes, I love his definition of worship. He, he says, my understanding of worship comes from the Latin word worth-ship. And it's where we express God's worth. Friends, have you come to church today to express God's worth? Have you come to church today because you discovered a God who is worthy of worship? You know, our, when our worship staff and pastors were meeting this last week, uh, preparing today's services, uh, Matt had this incredible insight. We were looking at this definition of worship, and, and Matt said, I wonder if our worship was evaluated, how much would God be seen to be worth? And that just kind of took me. And I thought about that. If my worship was evaluated how much would God be seen to be worth? Because the essence of worship is for us to express God's worth because he's worthy of our worship. Again, I'm here today because like the Magi, I have discovered that this baby is Emmanuel, God with us. 
And we believe as a church that the baby Jesus that we just celebrated at Christmas has become the glorified and risen Christ who is seated at the right hand of God. And as we stated a moment ago, will come back to judge the world and will someday make all things right. And that God is worthy of worship. Is that why you're here? That's why we value worship. But how do we value worship? And the wise men give us two, two uh, hints on how to value worship. It says, I believe they teach us that there has to be preparation and participation. You know, in the text, it says that these wise men, these magi, came from the east. Now, we sing, uh, we three kings of Orient, but most scholars don't think they came from the Orient. They think they came from Persia. And that would mean a 500-mile journey across mountains and through a desert just to come and worship. Now, friends, you don't start a journey like that on a whim. You don't take a journey like that without making some preparation. And so can you imagine, after all of the preparation and traveling 500 miles, and they get to Jerusalem, the most logical place to find the king, and they don't find him. Can you imagine their disappointment? But they don't give up. They keep on seeking and asking until they find the place where the baby is. And friend, that's one lesson they teach us is that worship doesn't happen by accident. That we must prepare for worship. We must, like the wise men, seek him out. You know, God says in Jeremiah, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And, and I think they're just simply reminding us that worship takes preparation. You know, we must prepare our hearts to worship. You know, did you prepare your heart for worship today? You know, we have to be honest, and, and sometimes we spend more time preparing our bodies than we do our hearts to come to church, don't we? But if we truly value worship, our hearts will be prepared. And then we come ready to worship. In fact, it's interesting. The text said that the Magi were filled with joy at just the anticipation of worship. I mean, do you hear that in the text? It says after they left Herod and, and the star appeared again, and they were overjoyed when they saw the star, and that was long before they actually ever saw Jesus. They were overjoyed at the anticipation of worship. And friends, I think that means that if we prepare our hearts for worship, how we live during the week is preparing us to come and worship. If our hearts are prepared, then we come to church, and as soon as that prelude begins, as soon as the organ strikes its first note, something stirs within us because we know we have come to honor and to express the worth of the one that we worship. 
That's why it's important to prepare our hearts for worship. Because let's be honest, sometimes we want our worship staff, we want our volunteers to prepare for worship for us. And there's no doubt, uh, this worship staff and, and these folks work hard to lead us in worship. The choir and the orchestra met during the week so that they might be ready to lead us in worship. But no matter how hard they work, they can't prepare your heart for worship. Any more than the wise men could prepare Herod's heart for worship. You know, Herod, uh, when, when he sends out the wise men, he says, you go, make a careful search. And when you find him, come tell me so that I can worship him too. But we know Herod had no intention of preparing his heart to worship. Herod had no intention of taking the initiative to seek out the child on his own. He was simply giving lip service to worship with no intention of participating in worship. But the wise men, they teach us preparation and participation shows that we value worship. And when the wise men see Jesus, notice they don't just stand around and stare at him. They are active in what they do. In fact, the text today gave four verbs their participation. It says they bowed down. They worshiped. They opened their treasures. They presented him with gifts. Again, can you imagine these men of, of, of wisdom and honor. Can you imagine bowing down before a baby? That's because they were participating in worship. They weren't just observing the child from afar. They humbled themselves. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. And not just cheap trinkets. This was good stuff. Uh, frankincense and myrrh and gold. These were not uh, inexpensive gifts. And, and friends, the point for us is that we must choose to participate in worship. And just having your body in a pew doesn't mean that you're worshiping. You know, we have to choose to participate. You know, we are not an audience that has come to watch other people worship. We're not here just to hear the orchestra and the choir and the preacher. We are the people of God who have come to participate uh, in worship. And worship was never intended to be a spectator sport, but instead, like the wise men, each one of us are called to come and join in the worship. That's why we encourage you to sing. Because again, God loves to hear you sing. And nobody around you is going to be offended if you raise your voice and sing to God. You're called to participate in worship. And the first Sunday of the month, we have a special opportunity to participate. We're going to come to the table and break bread. And Paul says, whenever we break bread, we participate. 
When we break bread as a congregation, we together participate in the value of worship because we come together and remember the one who died so that we could have life. We remember the one who gave his blood so that we might be forgiven. And so will you prepare your heart to participate in the breaking of bread? And as we move through this new year, I trust that you will embrace the DNA of the church. And with that, that you will come to church prepared and ready to participate in worship. Will you join me in prayer as we bless the bread? And now, Lord Jesus, uh, we are so thankful for Christmas. We're thankful for the joy of the holiday. But even more, we're thankful for what it means. And will you bless this bread? Will you bless these cups? God, would you let them be for us uh, the body and blood of Christ? God, let our hearts be stirred as we participate in remembering what Christ has done for us. So thank you, Lord. And Lord, as a way of preparing our hearts, we will pray together the Lord's Prayer. And in the Lord's Prayer, we pray, forgive us our trespasses. Lord, let each one of us pray that with sincerity so that when we come and take the cup, we will know that our sins are forgiven. Friends, will you join me in praying the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, I want to ask those who are helping to serve communion, if you would go and uh, make those preparations. And while they're doing so, uh, I'll remind all of you uh, that in the Methodist Church, communion is open to everyone. Again, we believe all people are valuable. And if you simply desire to experience a touch of God's grace today, if you want to participate with the body of Christ, then you're welcome. Uh, if, uh, uh, again, if you're not a member here, it doesn't matter. You come to the table. We'll invite you to come uh, either here to the first row uh, or up to the altar, uh, and you'll be offered uh, to take a piece of bread and, and then the cup. And we have gluten-free bread that's offered at each station. But let this be a time of worship as we come uh, and celebrate communion. The ushers will dismiss us uh, by rose.